Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, December 10th, 2021. Imagine with me watching a movie that you have seen before. If that's the case, you know how the story ends. It is not in doubt. However, sometimes, especially with a well-made movie, there will be still scenes where you feel tension, right? You will still feel the suspense as you watch even though you know what the outcome is. As we think about life in in the grandest scheme in the history of the world, we know how the story ends, and we're reminded of that today. However, that does not mean that there will be no tension along the way. Even though we know what's going to ultimately happen, uh, there will be some serious moments of tension before that time. And we want to think about that today as we look at our passages with our revival from the Bible reading. Let's start with Revelation chapter 11 verses 15 through 19. And let's start by being reminded of how the story ends. It says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That is how the story ends. And I love that verse, just as we think about the kingdom of the world becomes the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That we really believe that Jesus Christ will reign on this earth, and that we will enjoy the reign of Jesus Christ forever and ever. That is how the story ends. And then the 24 elders fall on their faces and worship God. And this is what they say. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was. For you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came. And the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Uh, That should be comforting for us. Right? We know how the story ends. We might look out in frustration on the world right now, but we know the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And we also uh, just see all the wrongs will be made right, that the wrongdoers will be punished, those who fear the Lord and do what he says will be rewarded, right? And all will be made right. Does that give you a sense of comfort today? It should. We should um, be comforted that we are not watching a horror movie, right? We're not watching some movie where the ending, we're not watching a tragedy. We are watching a movie where ultimately the good guy is going to win and he is going to reign forever and ever. And we frankly need to think about that more often because sometimes the tension in the current world bothers us more than it should because we lose sight of how the story ends. 
However, that does not mean there will not be tension right here and right now. And we're reminded of that as we go to John chapter 15, where today we're looking at verses 18 through 27. And here Jesus makes it very clear. Uh, Let's just uh, look at the first verse here in verse 18. It says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And so the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. But right now in the kingdom of the world, those that follow Christ will be hated. And that's really what the chapter goes on to to say right? That, and it goes on to say it in more ways and even talking about how they hated Jesus without a cause. But if you are faithful to Christ, uh, they will hate you partly because you will be exposing their sin. Even just by you living a life of righteousness, it will expose their sin and they will hate you. So there we see an element of this tension. Yes, Jesus is going to win, but right now, There will be tension. There will be persecution. And as a Christian, we need to have this right mindset where we don't become overwhelmed by the current circumstances because we know how the story ends. But then we also don't want to, well, because I know how the story ends, I'm expecting everything just to be rosy until we get there. No, there will be conflict. There will be struggle and there will be persecution. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to live right now on that side of the tension? Hey, I know what's going to happen, but right now it's going to be tough. And that's where the faith in the future is what's going to motivate us to remain faithful through the persecution because we know that ultimately Jesus is the right side of history and we know he will punish the evildoer and he will reward those who follow him. That's what can give us the courage and the faith to follow him right now when the world will want to tell you you are on the wrong side of history. No, we know how the story ends. So even though you may suffer for it right here, right now, you are going to stay faithful to Jesus Christ. And we have to be reminded also that there is a mission that Jesus has given us um, and also a helper. The last few verses of this chapter say, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So uh, the church has this mission of bearing witness to Jesus Christ in the present age. And that is what we need to focus on. There's going to be opposition to that message, but that's why we are still here. But there's also the comfort that we have a helper, the Holy Spirit. He is going to bear witness, as we'll see uh, in chapter 6. He will convict the world of sin, and that's something that should comfort us. But again, we should expect that tension. We should expect that opposition. And as we think about that tension and opposition, we're reminded also of some things that might happen on a grander scale Uh, And that takes us really to the book of Daniel, chapters 11 and 12, where I believe we see a record of things that have happened as well as things that look ahead to what will come to place. And as we look at Daniel chapter 11, you see what was 
a prophecy for Daniel. This had not yet happened when he spoke these words, but what we see is incredible fulfillment. As you go through chapter 11, you know, it starts off and you you get a sense there's a conflict between Persia and Greece. And then it says in verse three, then a mighty king shall arise who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. Well, that's referring to Alexander the Great, who will conquer the Persians. Uh, He will be this great king. But then it says in verse four, and as soon as he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not to his posterity. And that's something that was exactly historically fulfilled. Alexander the Great was a great conqueror, but before he could really reign over that kingdom, he died and his kingdom was divided into four parts. And this uh, chapter is going to recount recount a lot of conflict, although I say recount to us, it's recounting history to Daniel. This was prophetic, but he talks about the kingdoms of the south and the king of the north, and that's really you know some of the kingdoms that were divided out um, from Alexander the Great's kingdom, and it talks about all this conflict, and what we see is incredible historical fulfillment of all that Daniel prophesies. Um, going ultimately, you get to this guy Antiochus Epiphanes, and it talks about uh, him setting against the Holy Covenant, forsaking the Holy Covenant, forces profaning the temple, uh, and these, these are things that historically happened. At some point, Antiochus Epiphanes, you know, he desecrates the temple, sets up uh, a pagan altar there, sacrifices a pig on the altar, uh, right? All these terrible things that are uh, fulfilled in him. But then in verse 36, and I think if not there, clearly in verse 40, where it says at the time of the end, it pivots and starts to look to something even farther in the future. And that's where I think this is now a second time in Daniel that we've seen Antiochus Epiphanes used as a type, uh, an example of what is to ultimately come in the Antichrist, that he was someone in some ways that prefigured what would happen in the end. And then we see clearly there will be this time of trouble. So again, we know how the story ends, but before the end, there will be tribulation and not just in a general sense, there will be this period that we refer to as the tribulation. In chapter 12, it says at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time, right? That there is going to be this time of trouble. There is going to be this time of tribulation. And Daniel clearly is able to understand some of that, but also we see some of it is say, no, this is going to be sealed up and not going to be known. So that's where we should, Christians should expect, hey, that there is going to be persecution. Every Christian is going to experience that. We need to prepare ourselves for that. But then also at the grander scheme, before we experience, hey, the kingdom of our Lord has become the kingdom or the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever. There will be this time of intense tribulation in the world that has never been seen before. Finally, we go back to Psalm 140 verses 6 through 13. And as we look at uh, this Psalm, you remember yesterday that he was crying out for deliverance. And again, as we think about how this ties in even with Revelation, one of the reasons they're rejoicing is because God has provided the 
deliverance. Um, and, and here we see more of that prayer, but I want to highlight the last two verses of the psalm where it says, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and execute justice for the needy. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. And so here again, we're reminded there will be tension Right now, there will be affliction. There will be people who are needy. The world will oppress and do wicked things to God's people. But because we know how the story ends, we can have that right heart during the tension. And even that last verse, it talks about the righteous and the upright, that those should be the kind of people that we seek to be. Now, ultimately, we know we need a righteousness that can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. This is not something we can earn or achieve on our own, but through the work of Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, our heart should be, no, I want to live a righteous and upright life in contrast to the world. So as we consider the glorious end of things, and also the tension that we will experience in the meantime, may we be people that are focused on living upright and righteous and holy lives, and also people who are committed to that mission that Jesus has given us to bear witness to his name and to his glory. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.